Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Whoa. I think this is working. I think we're going out. We're going out live on the brand new Cop On YouTube channel. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Ryan, by Nigel, by Brian. We've got Reds all around the world. It's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Get your comments in, get your chat in, everything. Ryan, that was rubbish, wasn't it? How are you feeling? Uh, it's a bit better coming on than after last Monday, I think, anyway. <laughs> I think I picked the right day to come on. But uh, no, look, at, I've just been looking at the stats here just before you, you started, Owen, and we, we had 18 shots today with 12 on target. So I think that, that tells a tale about the quality of the performance today and, and what Liverpool achieved. It was a, a fantastic performance, first minute to last. Um, and, and I think uh, while we were off air there, central to it was uh, the selection of Fabinho today in midfield, who I thought was outstanding from from the first minute um his contribution i think is crucial to the team it gives us balance it gives us structure he can drop in between the center halves to build a play he can allow henderson and elliott to move forward and do their thing or he can push up on a high press he can cover for full backs i think why he's important to the team and why he was a big part of the result today is that he allows others to play and i think he's central like i think linders calls him the lighthouse i think he's central to any anything that liverpool do and i think he's he's terribly underrated and the point that I was chatting to to, to Nigel as well has been a lot of talk during the week about Liverpool not having a midfielder. And, you know, I'd be very slow to criticise Jürgen. I think the midfielder that we needed was on the bench at Old Trafford. And uh, I think today he's reminded us of his importance to the team and what a big, big player he is in Premier League terms as well, Owen. It's a brilliant answer. Absolutely. And welcome to Cop On for your first ever episode. What a, what a time to jump on. It's absolutely brilliant. Nigel, I'll just give you a quick list. You'll recognise this list. The 17th of September 1974, we beat Strum's Godset 11-0 in yep. the European Cup Winners' Cup first round. And then between there and today in the list of the biggest ever wins at Anfield in any competition. You've got Dundalk 10-0 in 1969, Fulham 10-0 in 1986, Rotherham Town 10-1 in 1896, Ulu apologies to any other Finnish people if I got that wrong, 10-1 as well, and close enough. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nigel, because I know you're fluent in Finnish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also 10-1 in 1980. And then after those five where we scored uh, 10 or 11, um, we get to the nine nils. And the last time we won nine nil was, was in 1892. So, you know, Crystal Palace. So the first time we, we won nine nil was in 1892 in our first ever year as a club on the 29th of October against a team called Newtown in the FA Cup second qualifier. Wow. And then, of course, the Palace game that you said, the 12th of September 1989. We're in illustrious company to have scored nine. Yes. We've gone uh, from fluent finish to fluent to fluent finishing. Oh, nice. Very good. <laughs> yes. Excellent stuff. How the devil are you, Nigel? Are you buzzing? Are you beaming? Yeah. Are you confused after the nonsense that was served up five days ago? Or are you just now ah, forget forget all that? Just staying with the buzz, riding the wave of joy. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I have to say I, I agree wholeheartedly with Ryan there, what he said about Fabinho being missing. 
I thought there was two errors. I'm, I'm loath to uh, criticise Jorgen as well, but I thought there were two errors in the last two games. Fabinho not being picked against United and Joe Gomez not being picked against Palace. And when both came on, big difference. So uh, just like Fabinho is is our holding midfield player. Uh, nobody else can play that role. Uh, like we were running around chasing shadows there on Monday for a while and it was just people diving in. The guy took five touches in the box for the first goal and it wouldn't have happened, I don't think, that they got as true as that easy and there was people diving in all over the place and trying to take, trying to make tackles if he was there because of his calm and influence. Um, it was... I don't know how where I'd actually put it as, as far as a performance goes in, in, in the, the bastion of... Uh, low levels but it was pretty bad but that's an answer I, I, I'm hoping we can kick on after that but that was an answer it was a beautiful answer wasn't it it was uh, one of uh, one that Magnus Magnusson would have been proud of on on Mastermind uh, Brian the uh, I don't know there are many ways to bounce back that wasn't just bouncing back that was sort of catapulting us back into the stratosphere Fabinho had an 86% passing accuracy uh, he was absolutely excellent, 58 touches of the ball, but he was just uh, controlling everything. But he wasn't the only one who was brilliant today. Um, you know, who else apart from Fabinho? I mean, there's obviously Bobby. Who, but who do you want to talk about, Brian? Is you know, just someone you can, you know, talk about pluck from this, you know, bunch of roses uh, from today. Uh, I think Jurgen Klopp, because today was a celebration of football. It was a it was a celebration. It was a joyous event. It was religious, almost. <laughs> I think we were all like, oh, for that, you know. And uh, I think you know what I think. I think football doesn't happen in a vacuum. And uh, I think as Liverpool, we've always been known as the most intelligent or football savvy fans around. And it's been a lot of good analysis. I think in the fan channels in different over the last you know four or five days and and a lot of the things that people have been saying i thought we saw it today in the game uh in terms of uh the team's positioning and where players were and what was really really you know obvious to me in the game watching it on the television and then I actually when afterwards and i looked at the heat map and saw what was actually going on was trent and where trent was uh you know genuinely trent was very he wasn't over the halfway line he was keeping they were keeping the shape you know going back to basics you know forget about this whole you know futuristic football system where trent plays as the 10. <laughs> you know stick to stick to stick to the general kind of tried and tested areas and and give um uh give the channel some more room or you know and also the, the top the the front three were playing much much narrower you know, um, Salah was on the inside predominantly. Uh, Bobby was exactly where you'd want him to be, smack bang in the middle. Uh, every it, it just looked like we went right back to basics today, and it clicked. It clicked, you know, in every place because everybody knew where everybody was supposed to be. There was no second guessing. Nobody was making up their own decisions on the fly. It was like you're playing this position. You're an inside forward. You're an inside forward. You're a centre forward. <laughs> you're the you're the DM. You know, you know, just basic football stuff. And I think when we do that, we we could, you know, Bournemouth shouldn't give us any kind of hassle. I mean, I don't. I felt bad for Bournemouth because somebody was going to get that, 
and they got it. <laughs> and it was absolutely brilliant. But if I had to pick one player out, I mean, they were all amazing. Player for play, the man of the match for me, just for me, was Robbo. I thought Robbo was okay. just sensational. He did. He just did. He answered all his cricket, the crit, 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 critics. <laughs> God, right. yeah. Easy for you uh, to say. Uh, okay. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh but you know you could have picked anybody tonight they were they were all amazing i mean they were all amazing um the uh oh i just remembered who, oh yeah oh, i just remembered something um never mind it's okay there's no there's nothing in the oven it's okay um i've, I've got my tea i've got my tea it's okay calm down calm down no 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 emergency um yes well i don't know as before oh brian's uh he's gone he left i don't know if i said something uh it, maybe he's forgotten something as well but um no it's interesting what you said yeah jürgen klopp was the first person he talked about yeah because there's a thing about jürgen klopp um that when we're at our best where we so often are under jürgen you know he, he, he's just taken us to to incredible levels he's a real genius um and it's like when we're playing at our best we we play the game as if it were both our first ever game with all the excitement and our last ever game. So we're playing with this sort of passion, you know, and this and this way and this philosophy of attacking. And when we lose the ball to hunt it down and that's our ball. And, you know, just to just to put on a festival of football for the people, for all of the fans. Right. And it was absolutely brilliant. And no one summed it up better for me than Bobby Firmino. He had five shots. He scored two of them, one when he was looking the other way, because that's what he loves to do. Um, five shots, four on target, four key passes, three assists. Um, I mean, who scored.com? They're very, very, very stingy. After you get two goals and three assists, they only gave him 9.17 out of 10, which is absolutely, I mean, I'm going to write a letter uh but ryan what what do you reckon about bobby talk to me about bobby for me you know he was i mean we, we, we were talking about cop on he's he's got he's maybe he's got a bit of gout that flares up or something because there's a rumor that he's got gout or something but he had nothing today he was sublime yeah look i, I think from a long way back uh he's been central to to what jorgen does with the team and, and any time that jorgen speaks about bobby it's always he uses words like soul and heart, and I think it shows how central Bobby is in his plans to whatever Liverpool do. But I think uh, further to that today, it was it was great to see him getting on the score sheet. It was great to see the old grin back, the tooty grin was back today. Um, and certainly, I think I think it's been I think some of the criticism he's taken has been a little bit unfair. I actually thought in the first half against Manchester United, he was one of the few players trying to get on the ball, trying to link the play. Unfortunately, probably a little bit too deep, 60, 70 yards away from the goal. But I think he takes that kind of responsibility on himself. Today, I think he got to play a little bit further forward. And I think central to what Brian was saying earlier on about uh, Luis Diaz and uh, and Mo playing more inverted and making the runs from outside to in is that Bobby understands that. Bobby tends to know where to go and to leave space and to drag defenders out of the way. Um, and I think that's a pretty important thing to do in football is to make space and make space in the right pla places for, for other players. Uh, I think in a strange way, if Darwin had been playing today, I think Darwin's a different type of player. I think he occupies a central space and 
probably as yet Liverpool have are still trying to work out how to use him. He's only played a couple of games, but I think for a game like today where you needed to hit your stride, go back to basics, do all the things that Liverpool are good at, I think uh, having Bobby there was uh, central to that because he knows exactly what it is or how it is that Jorgen wants to play the game. And I think today he's linked play, uh, he's working in and around the box, his ability to make space, leave space for Luis and uh, Mo to come from outside to in. I, I, I don't think it was um, I don't think it was by accident today that you saw Liverpool at their best with Bobby playing as number nine. Absolutely. Absolutely. A great answer. He's been so central, been such a fulcrum to everything we've done, as you say. Great answer, Ryan. Um, and, but another player who's who's just coming through, Nigel, is 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 Harvey Elliott. Um, Alan put an interesting, I mean, you know, it's a, a message in the chat. He said it says, uh, come on, the pool. Harvey Elliott just did an interview on LFC TV. And he was crying, talking about his goal. Apparently, his nan died a few days ago. So, as Alan says there in the chat, R.I.P. to Harvey's nan. And uh, you know, it's uh, you know, our heart goes out to them. And what a tribute to her! What an absolutely beautiful tribute. And you know, it, the way he took his goal. And, and you wouldn't know. I mean, that's that's the that's the thing. I, I mean. We had no idea because his performance was was absolutely sensational. It's the one touch, two touch passing with the ball that's just so exciting for Harvey, isn't it, Nigel? He was he was brilliant for his forty five minutes. Absolutely, um, I'd say that's why he he might have been taken off um, because of that. He got his goal, played really really well. Gave his after now I didn't know that, so I just you know it just it's brilliant that he got to give her a good send-off like that. Just go back to Bobby for one moment. I, I, that was his second goal today was his 100th goal for Liverpool and people still criticise him. Just, you know, this is rarefied air. There's not too many people have scored 100 goals for Liverpool and he just, I wouldn't swap Bobby for anybody. I've said it several times. I've said it to Man United fans and they're going, oh, he's not that good. Yeah, try playing with without him when he's when he's playing well. You try and you try and stop him when he's playing well. <laughs> he, was, he was trying to run back and cover about three positions the other night. Yeah. And he just left us kind of wide open. It, it was unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I love Bobby. Um, back to Harvey. I didn't see. I was on my way back from playing golf in the first half. And I, yeah, man, they, they were raving about him on, on LFC TV on the commentary. Steve Hunter and Alan Kennedy. And they were absolutely raving about his performance. Alan Kennedy said he was man of the match so far at halftime. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, yeah, you were on your way back from golf. I'll ask you about the second half because you caught the second half. You caught Fabio yeah. Carvalho. I'll ask you about Fabio oh, um he's yeah. just the goal was just oh my god it's just pure technique you know the, the guy the, you can you can liken the two of them because they've just got a very very good similar technique I'm, I'm wondering is it any kind of uh fluke that they, that they both came from Fulham well no because I, I actually there was an interview where, and and they had the same personal trainer I don't know if he was the he would they had the same football coach I think his name was Dan Thomas or something like that they mentioned his name in an interview in the week and uh, they were saying how they used to do this thing like uh, for example like wacky Wednesdays when they would have this kind of fun little game together and they they've been to school together and they went to Fulham and then now they're in so it's like Harvey and Carvey Carvalho it's uh you know and it's uh it's great to see them both you know with such a great connection on and off the pitch isn't it Nigel and, and 
both left-footed. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Fabinho. I'm mean, sorry, Fabio. He's like both-footed. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah wonderful stuff. Predominantly left-footed. Predominantly left-footed. That was two great finishes today by by both of them. I mean, Harvey's finish was just open the body out. You know, just see the thing quickly. Open the body out after Bobby miscontrolled the ball. I think, but um, you know, slotted into the tar- into the corner, and then Carvalho. After a, a very very nice cutback by the Greek scouser, or the scouse, scouse Greek, whatever, uh, <laughs> yeah. just a beautifully timed volley. You know, you, often you see those disappearing into the top corner of the cop, like you know. But it was just it kept it kept it on top of the ball, foot over the ball, and volleyed it into the corner. Just you know, not the easiest technique in the world, but he made it look easy. He did indeed. He did make it look easy. It was uh, it was sweet. It was it was. Yeah, sweet. Uh, I mean, they say sweet as a nut. I can think of sweeter things than nuts. Sweet as honey. I don't know, yeah. Brian. It was lovely. Um, I don't know. We've got loads of loads of we haven't mentioned yet. Virgil was good today. Um, you know, Joe Gomez, excellent performance. I thought at the back, uh, Big Mo uh, didn't get a goal. <laughs> Imagine that nine nil. And Mo didn't didn't get a goal, did he? He didn't even get an assist. No, no assists, no goals. 5.89 on who scored. There's four days left of the transfer window. We should sell Mo, Brian. Sell him. He's rubbish. Uh, who else can you talk about? There's loads of people, loads of choices. Luis Diaz, Lucho. We haven't even mentioned. Who Lucho. do you want to talk about? Lucho, man. Lucho is showing all shades of Luis Suarez. There was a moment when he was on his ass. And he got back up again, rose like a phoenix. And I thought, no, I, there's still goals to be had. There's fun, you know, you just can't put the man <laughs> down. You know, he's street football, all the cliches. He's a fighter. And when he scored his goal, like he's like giving it lows to the crowd, going, come on. You, you know, you get it. He just feels it. And um, he just reminds me of Luis Suarez so much. You know, he has whatever Luis Suarez had, he has it as well. He has that he has that kind of anger uh like you just get the impression that when he crosses the line it's just it's all business you know he, he has one thing on his mind and that's winning and and scoring goals and he strikes me as a kind of player who i mean there was moments of absolute genius from lucho you know that that 99 of players can't don't have in their bag of tricks you know like a, a drop of the shoulder or a you know changing of the pace that only those really, really top players, just when they're in the flow, they just pull it off. And uh, yeah, I was so happy for him. Um, I mean, it was a goal fiesta tonight, right? There was goals coming in every, or this afternoon, coming in every way. But Lucho, I was thinking, oh yeah. The same way I wanted Klopp to get a cup, not for Liverpool, for the first time in my life, I said, that man deserves success. I don't care if it's for Liverpool. He does not deserve to fail. And it just so happened it was with us. It was great. And then Lucho as well, you think everybody wants him to succeed. Like we've all taken him into our hearts straight away. There's something, sometimes you just can't put your finger on it with a player. You just think he has everything. It's like, um, who's that uh, player used to play for us uh, um, back in the early Brendan Rogers days, who now plays for the senior team and still looks like he's 27. Uh, <laughs> my brain's Steven, gone Steven Gerrard no no, no he's <laughs> Spanish I think he's a Spanish player um, anyway it's gone but there's certain players who just, just come along and you just the fans just love them Aspas fuck that guy 
we would have scored from his corner today. Henry, no. Nah, anyway, it's gone. Lucho's a legend. And, and, and now that the goals <laughs> are starting to come, oh, it's going to be so much fun watching him play for the next three years. You know, if he can just... If you can just keep going and gradually in that trajectory, you can tell that he's going to influence games, and he's got he's got like the next big thing about him for sure, you know. So I was I was just he was amazing, amazing tonight. Absolutely great answer, and you know, keep thinking about the the person you're trying to think of because I don't know, it's not Balotelli. No, no, no. no. he's okay. a little <laughs> Demi just genius. Okay, uh, a Spanish genius. I don't know. He, he was a, no, he's a Benitez player. He's, uh, he's a Benitez player. I'm trying to oh, think. Luis Garcia, the man, <laughs> oh. the, the beautiful, the beautiful human being that is Luis Garcia. Luis, oh, what a handsome little man he is, and still playing like he could play in the top eleven for most teams now. You know? <laughs> uh, but like he's a he's a player that we just took to him. Like he wasn't necessarily the best Liverpool player we've ever had, but there's just something about him. We just love them. The give bone the ball, of that guy. Give the ball away 400 times in a game and then score a 40 yard header. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, you know, hair, he, he drank well, so much you know. sangria. That was the thing, wasn't it? Excellent stuff. Excellent answer. Ryan, you can enthuse about Luis Diaz as well, just like we all can, because he's he's brilliant. Talk to me about what your thoughts on Luis Diaz. I, I think the thing that's impressed me uh, since he's come in is that uh, he's well able to handle the physicality of the game in England, you know. Um, like, uh, again, on Monday night, he certainly wasn't one of the players hiding. He was taking the game to United. He wasn't afraid to run at defenders even when it was physical. And you could see today, much in the same way that he's been marked out now for a lot of close attention, because he is one of the players that Liverpool rely on in terms of a match winner. He was getting some very close attention, especially in the first half. Um, and once or twice, you could see the referee off the ball going towards him to kind of have a word with him to let him know that like he, he was keeping his eye on it. I think Adam Smith picked up a booking. It wasn't necessarily a booking for a foul on um, Luis Diaz, but it, it it came at the end of a phase of play where Luis Diaz had frustrated him and then he went in and made a, a late tackle on, on someone else. So look, I think that the thing that impresses me, apart from his natural ability, um, he's a fantastic footballer is the fact that since he's arrived, that street fighter able to handle the physical attention, the close attention, and his temperament is outstanding. I don't think I've seen him react to it, you know? Um, but aside from that, I think today, the thing that was really pleasing is that typical of Klopp, I think when the game finished, when the final whistle was blown, you had Fabio Carvalho on the pitch, you had Bobby Clark on the pitch, you had Stefan Bastic on the pitch. Um, and look, it's, it's again typical of Jürgen. I know some people will say it's easy to do when you're six or seven up, but I think for any young player uh, currently at another club who's looking uh, in terms of having development, and I think and certainly around uh, the way that Liverpool have kind of restructured the youth system since Jürgen has come in with Vijay Matos uh, and Pep Linders in the background and the progression, the stages of progression now that they have for these players, that they come and train with the first team, that it's all on the one side at Kirkby, that they go away with them on pre-season. Uh, it was fantastic today to see three, four young, very young, talented footballers being given the opportunity at the end of the game, albeit when somebody starts talking to you about Lee Clark's son, you do feel a little bit old, but <laughs> but I thought today when he came on, and again, the thing about all three players when they came on, we know about Fabio Carvalho, but Bobby Clark and Bastic certainly weren't shy about taking possession in, in tight corners and in tight areas and getting on the ball and getting involved in the play in the triangles and playing their little passes, so 
I look, there's been a lot of talk, I suppose, about the age profile of the Liverpool team and what we're doing in terms of recruitment and that. But, you know, none of us know the inside ongoings at Anfield. And I think what you've got to rely on is what's happened since Jorgen's come in. And since Jorgen's come in, I think there's been a pretty clear plan on recruitment allied to giving younger players their head when he can. And I think today, fantastic to see those three boys getting a chance to come on and play and Added to Harvey's goal in the first half, you're still talking about a player here in Harvey Elliott who's yet to make 20 uh, 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 starts for Liverpool. You know, so I mean, his ability is frightening. You see the three boys coming on at the end. I think it bodes very, very well for the future. And I think maybe, you know, after a week where we've come out of it, I think, look, there's there's too much hyperbole in football these days. And one result has everybody in crisis mode. But I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that suggests that even beyond today and 9-0, we'll see a lot more of these players playing at Anfield and a lot of the type of football that we saw today on. It's it's, it's an excellent answer. And and they did stand out, uh, you know, by Chetich as well. I mean, he's, he came up with a lot of confidence. I, got, I, got a, I still got a lot of, I mean, as we all do, got a lot of hope. Uh, for that kid, um, absolutely wonderful. But Nigel, we we I you know we just won nine nil, um, but <laughs> we still need people in that you know in that age bracket between the kids and the over thirties, don't we? Yeah, we definitely do. Um, like we've had the under twenty threes two three all with fours last night after been three nil down, and the under eighteens beat Man United four two this morning. So there's some play- Harvey Blair scored a fantastic goal last night. There's some really, really good players. Herbie Kane was playing for the, the under-23s last night. He'd been out on loan to Doncaster last year, scored a few goals from played quite well. There's some very, very good players. Um, Norris, James Norris, uh, a very good fullback. Bajetic is 17. His dad played for Serbia. He's born in Spain. He's, a, he's an incredible player. He really will be. He looked like he's been there all the time. Um, young Leighton yeah. Stewart played last night as well. He's back from injury as well. Oh, great. Um, great news. He's a good player as well. You know, there's, there's plenty there on offer. Um, you can imagine cup competitions, early cup competitions. Jorgen will give these boys a go. You know, Harvey Davis on the bench in the Charity Shield was playing last night. Um, Boy, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the future's bright, but I mean, who should we get in the middle of the this, you know, this, we should sign some of 24, 25, bring out 80 million, get Barella, give Inter Milan an offer they can't refuse, put a horse head in their director's bed. Frankie de Jong or Neves and Wolves. Oh, okay. Why? Because he's ideal for us. Neves will control our, uh, our midfield. You just sit in front of the ball with a with a quality team. Sit Fabinho behind him. Sit him in. If Thiago can't play, he's an ideal Thiago-esque replacement. He's that kind of a player. And he'll just pull strings and play passes. And he can do pretty much everything in an attacking sense and do some of the, the dirty stuff as well. Excellent. Well, I mean, he's certainly an experienced player. Great playmaker. Absolutely, absolutely uh, excellent stuff. Um, some more facts from today. Liverpool scored nine goals in a single top flight game for the first time since September versus Crystal Palace, 9-0. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there you go. It's the biggest margin of victory in any league match ever, um, You know, including that 10-1 Rotherham, Rotherham Town game. Um, but in terms of the Premier League, because that's how far Google goes back, uh, but, you know, history goes beyond uh, Google, strangely, uh, kids. Uh, Liverpool scored five goals in the first half of a single Premier League game for the first time, um, whereas it was the first time that we'd scored five 
in any top flight game since October 1927 against Portsmouth. Um, everything went right today. I mean, you know, there was an own goal. There were volleys flying in instead of just wide, like uh, Fabio's tried a couple before, hasn't he? Fabio Carvalho, or just call him Carvey. Carvey's flashed them wide before. Um, but, uh, you know, everything went right. Big Verge scored that great header. Um, he looked like he was on a mission today. Yeah, with the, with the celebration. Yeah, exactly. The waggle finger celebration. Um, Brian, he's, he's, he looks like he's got a point to prove. And hopefully, I'm sure he will. He'll take it beyond this trounce, trouncing of Bournemouth. Yeah, they. I mean, I think quite a few players had a point to prove. Not that they did need to prove a point as such, because I think they deserve, they've earned our patience. They're allowed to have a couple of games, but I suppose we've, we've set the bar so high. And the I, I think there's a element of that the football press and all, and certainly the, the fans, the opposition fans are so tired of bigging up Liverpool <laughs> because everybody's been big. It's undeniable. You know, we've been amazing for so long. We've got an amazing manager. We've got an amazing story. We've played the best football, the most entertaining football in the league most years. We may not win everything, but most people want to watch Liverpool play. Uh, and so it's uh, when you're at the top, people want to knock you, you know, and we're at the top. And uh, and the minute we seem like, oh, they're, you know, they're faltering, um, people are like throwing pelters. So uh, Verge, yeah, people are saying, oh, maybe Verge is not, not as good as we thought he was. And, nonsense you know it's uh yeah he was he was stamping his authority on the game again i mean there was a little kind of shaky moment in the, in, the, in the first 10 minutes i think when he uh i think he he let the ball run a little bit too long and he thought that could have gone either way the other player could have grabbed that ball and and then you know the pressure's on him but now he was uh he was commanding again and i think also he's there was a couple of moments from the, I don't know from you know watching it abroad. You could see that the, the the TV cameras honed in on his face, and he just had that kind of unfazzled look about him again. You know where I think you know uh, our beautiful glorious keeper has the same thing. Like if he fucks up, it's gone straight away. It's 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 he it doesn't hang around, and all the best players have that. You know the the, the ability just to. Like it, there's no second thinking themselves, you know. Um, and he looked like that today. He looked commanding, and he and he and when he scored that goal, he he was kind of like, like "What did you doubt me?" Well, you know, all our players <laughs> that scored, even Trent, you know, I'm sure we'll get onto that. You know, they all had that look about them. Doubt, doubt me again, you know. Uh, it, it was amazing, just amazing from every man on the pitch, even the subs. Every part of that game was just cathargic is the way i would describe <laughs> it it really was it, it was a release you know as usual i was watching it with my buddy we were just fucking fist pumping each other all the way through it. We were like, like i needed this i so needed this and uh i think i spoke about robo earlier on not to kind of go on about you know talking about virgil but i really thought robo was like the first half his his delivery from from the left and from from corners was amazing like he was putting it like i think he got a couple of assists today or whatever but he was really putting it in the mixer um on uh, with, with pace um and everything he did was just 
back to vintage Robbo, you know? And I think he's, um, with Robbo as well, it's like people talk about Fabinho and Fabinho's not playing, we really see that affect the entire team. But I think Robbo is like the heart of the team. He's the emotion of the team. And when he's kind of off it and second guess it, it's like a disease. It spreads to the rest of the team and stuff. But, you know, he's got that tenacious fieriness about him. And, and, it, and it rubs off on the team. And he had it, that was back in with Augusta uh, today. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, to answer your original question, Verge just looked like he should be on a horse, you know, fucking going up and down the line, going, today's a day to die. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was brilliant. Uh, yeah, totally brilliant. And, and another thing, I'm just trying to find my notes here um, because I made I, I do this thing, Ryan, sometimes where I just make a note of how 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 many times the opposition can touch the ball um, because it's something that's easy to pass you by when you're watching a game if you don't actually like stop and take a moment to admire most of the time our pressing game because um, you know uh, I did it for the last five minutes. Well, between minute. Uh, 39 and 44 before they actually had their best move which was 12 passes together and then on the counter we stopped it eventually and on the counter attack probably almost scored but before that in the five minutes before that um we were in the first half this is sorry we were absolutely superb right because um Bournemouth passes that they were able to make in those five minutes the first one was two including a goal kick to a header and then we won it back and then they touched the ball from from a block from blocking our shot and then they touched the ball because they managed to clear that corner with their head and then the next time they got it back they were able to have three touches from a goal kick including the goal kick so two others after the goal kick before we won it back and then the only other touch in five minutes was another goal kick and we won it back immediately and it's like we're so good not all of those were counter-pressing or anything, but we're so good at winning the ball back quickly when we're on when we're on song. And you know, you've got to give credit to everybody for that because that's that's about shape and it's about commitment and it's about you know organization, knowing when to go, making right decisions, and also playing with gusto and heart and fire. And that's why it's so pleasing, Ryan. It's beautiful to watch our pressing game, isn't it? Oh. Ryan's frozen there. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Nigel, are you still there? Um, our neighbour couldn't park her car, so I went over and gave her a hand. So. Oh, that's nice. That's very good. Excellent. Well, you're very good. Very good. So there you go. Yeah, you've, done, you've done your good deed for the day, or maybe it's your 17th yeah. good deed for the day. Oh, well, well done. Not quite. Um, uh, so, yeah, I was, I was talking about our pressing. What do you think yes. about our pressing? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, just, we never let them settle. Never let them settle on the ball. Like it's, it's, it's the direct opposite of what was happening on Monday. We were trying to dive in on people and, and instead of just sitting up in front of them and, uh, you know, diving in from the wrong side and giving them space to, to work in behind us. Like, we looked like we didn't know one another there. Our players looked like they didn't know one another on Monday. Um, you know, when we get it right, when, when we get it right, it's it's a joy to be up, joy to be old because there's nobody as good at You see, other I've seen a few other teams trying it recently, trying to set, play the same way, trying to play a high line. And you know, putting the press on, and they're just not as good because they, you've got Bobby there, and you've got Diaz, who just—he's like a—what what could I call him? He, it's like watching a Freddy Krueger film or something like that. He just appears out of nowhere and just slices people. You know what I mean? It's, that's, <laughs> it is like that, absolutely. Yeah, it's like being uh, being chased by 
by Jason, but Jason's Jason's on speed, but Jason's on speed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's superb to watch. Um, I want to I want I want to move on a little bit. Move on a little bit because we got you know we have to put these things in context. It's fucking weird. Excuse my language, but it's really very odd that we we go from one extreme to the other. I mean, this is the same team that five days ago was awful. And then against Palace with 10 men, he got 1-1. We played well against Palace. We did. We played well. And then the game before that against Fulham, we were awful. And then the game before that and the Community Shield, we were freaking brilliant. Brian, this Jekyll and Hyde nonsense got a, has got to stop. Hopefully, you know, the catharsis that you were talking about before, we got the rubbish out of our system and, and we need to move forward. So, I mean, you know, our next match is... is, is uh, against newcastle is it i don't even know i think it's against newcastle in midweek team i think they came to got promoted this season didn't they so, <laughs> newcastle i don't know uh, but they, mid, I think somewhere around birmingham or something like that <laughs> yeah, something, something like that so yeah we've got newcastle that's it on wednesday at anfield um what oh, wow that could be fun i mean newcastle in liverpool newcastle, newcastle. Fireworks. Fireworks. I think it could be, right? Eddie Howe loves loves to attack. Uh, you know, we've got our I don't know, we've got our tails up. We're gonna I mean, you know, what 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 are you looking forward to, Brian? Liverpool, Newcastle. Well, you know, just to kind of like to go on speak about what you were talking about, this kind of topsy turvy uh performance thing that we've seen over the past four games. I mean, I think we are so privileged to be living through the Klopp area right now. We'll look back on this when we've got grandchildren and uh, we think, yeah, I was there. Uh, I, I was there when the great man was managing the club because I watched uh, 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 an interview uh, with him and like, he's just so likable, so credible. He says such the right things. It's very difficult to go after him. I think that the press box are just not clever enough <laughs> to say things, right? They just know immediately. They're, they're intimidated by his intelligence. I could tell by it, right? And he, today he was like saying, and they were asking very meek questions going, oh, you know, this, you know, this, it's gone badly before and now it's going badly again. And how do you feel about it going badly? And what do you do when it's going badly? And he's just like, uh, like an Aikido master, you know, he just knows the question's coming. He just parries it straight away. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, oh, I look forward to these moments. It's in these moments I can not my my English is not so good, but uh, bringing the group back together, it's it's beautiful. It's like we we really look for it, and you just get a chat. You just get this idea that this guy gets it like on every level he's like every moment of adversity it's gold there's not when it's gold it's gold when it's shit it's still gold <laughs> it's always gold <laughs> there's always moments to make more gold you know and uh those kind of people are very very rare in this world let alone in in this time and those players who are playing from you know they must cherish every moment they've got with this brilliant guy because yeah, look, we're in the shit. We're absolutely in the shit. We're behind the eight ball. Everybody's after us. Everybody's like the, the press are already writing the stories. They just can't wait. They're rubbing their hands. And he takes that moment and he immediately, like, I mean, I hate to bring up old Whiskey Nose, but Whiskey Nose was brilliant at this. He was like, they're all out together. 
you know everybody hates us you know the the wolves are yeah. the door. we've all we've got is ourselves so um you know for him to 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 frame um those really sort of tough times even though it's only three weeks and to turn it into this moment to just prove everybody wrong which which he's done uh is is amazing and uh i've kind of forgot what your original question was because i just been I'm waxing miracle about club for the past to be honest, i don't even know what, what, what to, <laughs> i was too engrossed in what you were saying to to, yeah. to to even bother with my original question no you're absolutely right you brought up slurgy there uh, and i'll bring you in in a moment nigel but i just want to point out every time that people bring up alex ferguson the average point points total that anyone's needed to win the Premier League in the last five years is 94 and Ferguson only ever managed 92 that's his record so <laughs> I don't think I mean okay Ferguson is he's, he's I'm not saying he's not a brilliant manager because he was absolutely superb for Manchester United of course he was he won all those titles but I think he's not a patch on Jurgen. I don't care. No, he used him. to park in handicapped spaces all the time. He is. Yeah. He did. But, yes, he yeah. did. He sometimes paint over, paint over, over tarmac over the spaces. He would. He, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Nigel, sorry, you want to come in there? Yes. No, you've you've given me a second point. I've got two points now. Um, yeah, uh, I'd like to address your what you said earlier on, leading up to Brian's answer there. Um, you were saying about these teams. Teams up their game against us. There's always a kind of a level. Look at the way Fulham played against, the way Palace played against. Palace were tuning up against Man City and then suddenly bent over. Like I mean, you know what I mean? It, it, it just They don't do that against us. Teams turn up, particularly at Liverpool, because you know the atmosphere is going to be great. Um, the other point, well, we, we can address the other one in a minute, but back to the other point, you're talking about Ferguson. They were all going on about him because football was in vogue with the, with this new United team, you know, the Manchester sound and all this crack. Um, like, they're all on about these, all these trophies he won. Uh, nine trophies in, or 17 trophies in 28 years or something like that. Bob Paisley won 17 trophies in nine years or whatever it was. He won three European Cups, retained the European Cup, which Ferguson never did, you know, for me, Bob Paisley is the main man. And if you go back again, you can look at your man, that Herbert Chapman at Arsenal back in the 1920s. He won a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? He's The way the, the, the press used to go on about Ferguson and what he got away with, and Manchester City are getting away with now, and Man United are still getting away with it. That goal was offside on Monday night. Well, yeah, I mean, it probably was. I mean, this is why I refer to him as Slurgy, at least until Sir Bob is knighted. Um, anyway, Ryan, you're great. back. You're into it. In power cut in Dublin, miniature power cut on. Yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, by the way, have you have any of you ever heard of the Carrington event? Have you ever heard of this? I was listening to a podcast about this. Very interesting stuff. A Carrington event is was a massive solar flare that happened all the time. There was one last week. I don't know if you read about that, but the massive solar flares that happen all the time. But it was back in the eighteen fifties when, uh, you know, at the early days of of uh, telegram where you had transistors, um, you know, connecting all the wires and uh, all the uh, the telegram system because of the solar flare, um, or it caused little little fires and the whole, um, everything electric went boom. So maybe uh, at some point, all of the internet's gonna go boom, it's gonna be goodbye to cop on podcast. This kind of stuff won't even be possible anymore. But anyway, I digress a little bit. Um, Ryan, welcome back. Power cut in Dublin. Um, 
So, yeah, we're going to look forward to uh, Newcastle Wednesday night, Newcastle at Anfield on Wednesday night. Um, what sort of, you know, what, what are the main things you're excited about with that match? Well, I think looking at today, one of the things, and sorry, just before I got cut out there, you were, you were on about Liverpool's ability to win the ball back today. And mm, one of, game. Yeah, one, one of the things that uh, when any team comes to Anfield is, uh, or under Klopp has been our work rate and our ability to, to put teams under pressure. And one of the things I think today in marked difference to maybe the two or three games this year, and, and we talked about going back to basics, was the structure of the team seemed to be really tight today. The, the press from the front three, the front, the front three definitely played narrower and closer to each other today, even when Bournemouth were trying to work the ball out from the back. I think Fabinho being in the team gave Henderson more license to join that press. Uh, Elliot certainly today. I think Klopp has made a couple of comments about Harvey stepping up, and I don't think it's anything to do about what he does on the ball. I think it's his work off the ball. I think it was noticeable today himself and Henderson were joining that press a lot more, and Liverpool were chasing in groups. They were frequently getting two or three players in around Bournemouth players in very tight areas, in very tight spaces. And most of the time, the space between the back four and your furthest player was again down to half a pitch maximum. And I think we, we had missed that in the first two or three games this season. And again, I think, look, at not to harp back to it, but I think when you have your best players playing in their positions and a guy like Fabinho in there as well, I noticed today and frequently, Henderson was breaking the line a lot today. There was a, a couple of occasions. There was a save that Travers made from Salah in the first half. Henderson had made a run in behind. He was actually offside. He let Salah take the shot. I think in the second half, on a couple of occasions, Henderson was trying to get on the end of a through ball. We haven't had a, from our midfield, people breaking the lines yet this year. And I think Fabinho coming back into the team allowed Henderson to do that. I think it releases a lot of responsibility from Henderson. And I'm not talking about responsibility in terms of leading the team. I'm talking about responsibility in positional play and where Henderson feels he needs to be. I mean, the second goal on Monday night, facing back towards his own goal in the number six position and giving the ball away. I think it's probably for all that we've seen from Henderson, and he's an excellent player, he's an athlete first. And I think when you release him to go and be the athlete and to press and to join the press, to break the lines, I see. I think you see the best from Jordan. I think Fabinho is a different player to him. He's able to take the ball in tight spaces and he knows his discipline and where to play in that position is much better. Um, but so I think if we bring that forward to Newcastle, I think it's vital that you, you bring that forward to Newcastle on, on Monday because I think having that structure, having that balance in the team, I don't think it was necessarily a lack of hunger in the first two or three games. I think it was the structure and the balance was wrong. And I think we've got that back now. And I think when we have that in the team, you can see players grouping together and making the pitch smaller when we don't have the ball. And when we do have the ball, they were making the pitch big again today. And I think that's probably, there was a little bit of talk after the game about Klopp having a clear air meeting during the week. But I think that's probably uh, down to the work that they've done in Kirkby during the week, pressing reset, going back to square one. And I think, yeah, a lot of people are going to look at transfers and bringing you in your £80 million player. But I think for a team that's been that's been there for five years, that's been playing at a very consistent level, I think Klopp always uses training as a new signing. And I know that's boring. I know that's boring to a lot of people watching in or listening into the podcast. They want to see the player being bought. But I think getting back to see that they would get back down to basics, that there's a humility in the team, that there's a humbleness in the team for them to put their hands up in spite of all they've achieved and say, yeah, we need to go back to basics and work hard on the training ground this week. I think if if that's there and it has always been in the team, 
you've got Newcastle coming in, yeah, they've got their new signings and there's a lot of them there, but they haven't had as much time gelling together and I don't think they have the spirit and the group ethic that Liverpool have. So I think if we bring that forward into Monday night, I think, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I think Newcastle have definitely, with, with the oil money, they've been able to step it up again. Um, but look, I think we should trust in the group, we should trust in the work that's going on in the background and the hunger and, and, the, and the ability today to chase, to work, to harry, to, to, to work in groups was just fantastic. It's a great answer. And you're absolutely right in terms of the shape. I mean, I think Henderson against United, he was still still getting in the box, but it was supposed to be a number six. He was getting very lost against United. So absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because it's the the way we, you know, we stretch horizontally, we're, we're quite narrow, and then sort of vertically, we've got to have this distance as well that you were saying about. Really interesting answer. Thank you very much, Ryan. Um, some clicks quotes from Jurgen Klopp. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on these, Nigel. Jurgen says, we wanted to show a reaction, be ourselves, getting to be the best version of ourselves. We play a specific way. Uh, apparently Klopp told that to BBC Sports. Klopp continues, he said, we scored wonderful goals. The game settled and we kept scoring. It was about keeping going, not to humiliate Bournemouth. We couldn't respect them more, but it's about putting the opponent under pressure. I could bring on the kids. They deserve it so much. Harvey is a special player. Wonderful goal. Everything was perfect, pretty much. And that's a, you know, there were lots of uh, things that Ryan was saying there about our, st our style of play and, and Klopp was absolutely... Uh, delighted, wasn't he? Nigel? Yeah, he was. I'm. I'm going back to what Ryan said about well, a kind of mixture of what Klopp and Brian and Ryan said. Mm. Best, best. Uh, what's what, what you said? Best, best positions. Mm -hmm. Ryan was talking about best positions. Klopp, Klopp was talking about best versions. Well, play the best, the best, the players in their best positions, and you'll get the best versions. I think Very that's the way point. we set up. And I think, yeah, I, I just think that's that's key. You, we play our best players. We play like we play Allison and goal. We played Trent right back. We played Robbo left back. We played Trent and we played Virgil, and we're um, probably Matip at the moment when he's fit. We play Fabinho as as we referred to him earlier, the lighthouse. We play Mo. We play well. I I, I say Bobby on his day is better than anybody. And then we then we bring the kids around and we, we we switch around our our core. Our core is as good as anybody's. And if we can build around that core, bringing in some some young kids, that's the way to go. It has to be. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant answer. Absolutely. So, Brian, I mean, would you change anything uh, for Newcastle? Same team, just go again, lads, presumably, right? You know, you're not going to change that team, are you? That starting eleven? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think um, I think Ryan brought up the um, the idea of uh, confidence and uh, structure and team. I think actually. I agree and I kind of disagree. I think I think it's no accident that today was our most commanding performance that we've seen in such a long time. And if you go to whoscore.com or whatever and you look at the average position of each player and the average position of each player is exactly where you traditionally expect to see them. So Trent is on the halfway line. Robo is on the halfway line. Our two centre-backs are a little bit deeper. Fab is smack bang in the middle of the pitch in the DM. Nowhere else in the traditional DM. Uh, our front three are in between the sticks and Hendo and and who you know uh, and 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 Harvey are advanced. 
of, of the of the thing. And it's like, and that's it. And that's where everybody was today. And that's all we need to do because these are all world-class players with like world-class skills. So we are better than Newcastle, a lot better than Newcastle. And I think a lot of things, a lot of the, the problems, I look at Trent. I mean, I love Trent to pieces. I love what Klopp does. I love the way we play. I think, I mean, I don't know enough about football to kind of to, to analyze our system sometimes because our system is so complicated. If you look at Trent, he was almost playing in the 10 for a, for a long period of time. You, 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 if you saw Trent in the 10, you wouldn't blink. You think, oh yeah, Trent's just doing Trent. You know, but what does that mean? <laughs> you know, and 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 equally, like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if Trent is showing up in the ten quite a lot or inside forward. Then you just got to put the through ball over the top down the mm. left channel. Mm -hmm. It's there all game long if you're not holding the shape, you know. And uh, I thought today, because sometimes when you when the structure's tight and everybody's where exactly where they need to be, it just breeds confidence into all those players. These are all amazing players. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure at some stage they just looked at each other and said, yeah, you know. Also, Bournemouth knew they were done after the second goal. They're like, I, I've said this a million times, and Klopp said it as well. He's like, he doesn't want to be the best team in the world, but he wants to be the, the team that nobody wants to play against, you know. And that's our DNA, basically. When we play like that, very few people can handle it. And anytime we're off the pace, the first thing the opposition thinks of is they're off the pace. We could get something here today. Let's have a go. But if you play like today, when that second goal comes in, you could tell that those players know, oh, shit, it's us. We're the ones. We're the ones who are going to get spanked. And they did, right? And, and, and the great thing about it is they just didn't stop. Three goals, four goals, five goals, six goals. And then the crowd's going, we want 10. We all wanted 10. And it wasn't us being arrogant or, you know, or being mean-spirited or whatever. It was like, no, we want 10 goals because it was another goal to be had, you know? So I think um, come uh, the midweek game, and actually until I think we have to play ourselves into that kind of form again, that's all I want to see. I want to see players playing in their positions. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, let's go back. Let's not overcomplicate. Even seeing Virgil knocking it into Rosette today. And I was like, yes, do that. Do that until we just, you know, till we find our rhythm again. You know, don't let's, let's not overthink it. We are the best. Our team, more times than not, has, is the best team on the pitch, no matter who we play. And whether we're playing in Europe, we're playing the Cup, we're playing the league. Unless we're playing City, we're probably the best team that day. And all those players have to do is just play football and play football in their positions. And that's that's what happened today. And 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 the end result was just a sight to behold. And it just couldn't come at a better time. It was like every time a goal went in, I was like, shh, <laughs> no, it's not happening, not yet. So back in your box, <laughs> we're here for a little bit longer, right? You know, it was brilliant. Absolutely. Excellent answer. Excellent answer. And, and I love the relentlessness, you know, the relentlessness that you were talking to. I mean, when, when, uh, there was a moment in the first half. We were already two or three goals up, and 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 we lost the ball that led to a counter attack. And you could see Klopp absolutely giving them absolute hell for giving the ball away. And that is 
exactly where it starts. It starts at the at the top with Jurgen, and it goes right through the team. This the way that we just kept the ball today. We kept it. We didn't try the Hollywood stuff. We didn't try things. We didn't try too hard. You're exactly right. We just played our game. Kept it simple. If the pass is onto the guy. Uh, next to you or in front, then give it give it as further for, for as far forward as you can. But if the pass is none, go backwards or you know just just keep the ball, keep 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 everything flowing. Um, and we did that, yeah, we did that absolutely superbly today. Um, so it's excellent stuff. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. It's been really nice to infuse about Liverpool uh, after what feels like ages when we haven't been able to do that um ryan oh you got nine yeah he's holding up nine fingers excellent brian absolutely well done not only can he uh, provide excellent analysis he can count with his fingers excellent stuff <laughs> very good Brian. very good no nine is a wonderful feeling isn't it but before we before we go off um i want to say ryan uh you've you you, you can tell uh, our listeners and our viewers about the mick cronin appeal uh please because we've uh, we've we put a link uh, there'll be a link in the description and in the uh, description of the audio version all about the mick cronin appeal could you please tell us about what's going on please yeah and listen uh, thanks for giving me the time to, to talk about it as well it's been brilliant uh meeting nigel and Brian today, the two lads who know their stuff and yourself, it's great to, and a great day to come on, to, to, to come on when Liverpool have had a record win, and look, one guy who would have been watching that today is a guy called Mick Cronin, and uh, Mick and myself are married to two sisters, uh, that's how we got to know each other, and I suppose when you marry into a new family, you're always looking at the other side of the fence to say, right, if I'm at a family event here now, who can I have a pint with, or who can I sit down and, and talk to, and one thing that bonded the two of us fairly quickly is he's a huge Liverpool fan, same as myself, so you know, uh, we when I was 30, he was 40, we would have gone over for a double celebration to Liverpool, the the game where they beat Man United 2-0, Torres and then go and Pepe running the length of the field to celebrate. Um, so look, all through the years, we've been great mates. He's a huge red. Um, unfortunately, last November, a day before his 52nd birthday, he went off to work in construction and had a bad fall at work and ended with permanent loss of movement from the neck down. So we've been doing a lot of fundraising for him. Uh, and one of the last events that we're doing is an online raffle for Mick. Uh, if you go to Instagram, at Mick Cronin Fund, or if you go to Twitter, at Mick, Cron at Mick Cronin Fund, you'll find the details of the raffle. There's a couple of Liverpool-related prizes. The club have been exceptionally good to us. Um, they're going to send over a signed jersey from the 22-23 squad. Uh, we also have two tickets to a Champions League group game. Uh, and judging by the group that we're after drawing, there's no bad tickets for that for that group. Uh, and we have a range of other prizes there as well. Um, so we've been very fortunate with the uh, with the attention and the sponsorship we're after getting. And I suppose, look, the goal the goal of the raffle and the fund is to buy a mobility van uh, for Mick so that we can we can have that transport for him when he arrives home. But I know one of the things that has kept Mick going. I suppose, look, lads, it's a it's a dark space to move into when you suffer those kind of injuries. And for a while, it was hard to kind of reconnect Mick with the world around him. And one of the things that reconnected him was his love of Liverpool, his love of football. So he, he watches Liverpool on his Sky Go, on the Sky Go account in hospital, on his iPad. And we've had a letter from Jorgen giving his support. We've had videos from uh, John Aldridge, Ronnie Whelan, Neil Fahey, the, the captain of the women's team, Ronnie Whelan. Um, John Aldridge gave us a great one from San Siro uh, before the first leg against Inter Milan. So the support we've had from 
the Liverpool family and the supporters and people in Liverpool, Ian Byrne, the Liverpool MP, has just been outstanding. And look, it's we all know the type of city Liverpool is. Uh, when one is down, everybody's around them. And we've just been so lucky in terms of the support that we've received. So look, if there's any Reds out there for €10 Euro a ticket, uh, our top, top prize is a five-night trip to Chicago, all-inclusive. So if you've if you've ten euro to spare, you've more chances with us than you do the lotto. Okay, so if you go on to Mick Cronin Fund on Twitter or you go to Instagram at Mick Cronin Fund, you'll find the links in our bios, and it's a it's a great raffle for a good cause. On and uh, thanks for giving me the chance to talk about it as well. Owen. No, it's I mean we wish Mick and 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 his family and and you and everybody connected with Mick all the very best. We send you all of our love and uh, absolutely. And those of you who are listening to this, uh, the audio version i'll put a link in the in the description of this episode and uh, it's on the description for the last episode that we recorded just the other day when we were feeling um a lot more sorry for ourselves as we reviewed the uh, united game but uh, no it's a it's absolutely wonderful uh, cause and as you say if uh, you know like what's the meaning of you'll never walk alone if it's not that everyone can stick together in when 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 times get tough. So uh, yeah, urge anyone if you got if you've got it if you've got um, you know couple of couple of quid to spare, then that would be that is a very very worthy cause. Um, so yeah, I mean um, I don't know if we've we've uh, well I don't know I'm out of time basically, so I'm just going to leave you with a poem if you if you, if you don't mind the indulgence. Um, I thought I, I, something about today's mad victory and, and and the context in which it came reminded me of this beautiful poem. It's one of my favourites from from Charles Bukowski, uh, and it goes like this: Some people never go crazy. Me, sometimes I'll lie down behind the couch for three or four days. They'll find me there. It's cherub they'll say, and they pour wine down my throat, rub my chest, sprinkle me with oils. Then I'll rise with a roar, rant, rage, curse them and the universe as I send them scattering over the lawn. I'll feel much better. Sit down to toast and eggs, hum a little tune, suddenly become as lovable as a pink overfed whale. Some people never go crazy. What truly horrible lives they must lead. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Uh, you'll never walk alone. This has been Cop On Podcast. You're absolutely lovely to have you all with us uh, on the audio version, on the video version. Thanks for the comments coming in. Uh, you know, one from Al uh, uh, comparing Sir Alex Ferguson to Taggart. Appreciate that. Uh, I think he just said, fuck Taggart. And that's a very, you know, succinct thing. Uh, so well done. <laughs> and uh, yeah, all the best. You'll never walk alone. Take care, everyone. Take care. Thanks, Owen. See you, Nigel Brown. See you later.